1: start whenever you want, and I will roll the captions and stuff as you go. Okay.
2: Good morning, and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we are very excited about today's very special show. There's a couple of things that I want you to know as we start. This episode of Autism Live has been pre-recorded, the funny thing is, is that we pre-recorded because we did that in an effort to make our guest as comfortable as possible. You'll see that we ended up not needing to pre-record, but we didn't know that at the time. Um, we're not even going to do jargon of the day today because this interview. I just want to, I want you to see it in its entirety. Uh, we ended up making absolutely no edits. Before we get started, though, we want you to know the show is still interactive. Uh, I, you know, I think that our guests are going to be watching it live and we'll be able to answer questions as you guys pose them in the chats where you are. And I'm certainly going to be watching and, um, uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys think of this interview. So right now, this show is airing live for the first time on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. In addition to all these other places that, uh, Trayvon has been showing you on the screen And it will later podcast everywhere you get your, any place that you download your podcast, we are a free download. So I think that um, this is certainly one of the most interviews that we've ever done in 10 years of programming here on Autism Live. Uh, So what is it we're talking about today? Uh, We are talking about a new book that is just out recently in this month called I Have Been Buried Under Years of Dust. It's written by Valerie Gilpier and Emily Groden. They are a mother-daughter team and it is a book that everybody should read. This is, uh, I'm sure something that uh, is gonna be highly talked about. Emily is uh, on the spectrum identifies herself as being on the spectrum. And she is now 29 years old, but for most of her life, Emily was not able to communicate anything other than her most basic needs. And then just in the last few years, Emily had, I think what a lot of parents long for a massive breakthrough and Emily, it, it, she's a writer, she's a writer and has written some beautiful things, When you get the book, which we hope you will get, it is available through Amazon and through all major booksellers. You will see that parts of the book, it's mom telling her story, and then Emily gets to tell her story. And then the end of the book is filled with some really beautiful poetry um, written by Emily, and it's absolutely amazing. Uh, Emily does use a communication partner to um, be able to communicate. And uh, it's facilitated communication, which is considered in some circles, very controversial. If you watch the show regularly, you know that Temple Grandin, even before this book came out in December, uh, said that she uh, totally believes that this is Emily communicating and that it's nobody else's thoughts. And you're going to see it here in just a minute. We are able to show you uh, that we did record the interview because we thought it was there was gonna be such a time span. Ultimately, we decided that it's the speed at which Emily communicates and that we think you'll find it luscious. I couldn't bear the thought of editing out uh, as she was formulating her thoughts. It's too exciting to watch. So in any case, uh, I want you to watch. I want you to ask questions. I want you to, I think this is life-changing stuff here. So uh here we are uh here is our interview with Valerie with Emily and with Emily's uh communication partner take a look. I'm excited this morning to be bringing this very special interview. We have with us several different people. We have Valerie Gilpier uh and her daughter Emily Groden. They're both with us. They are the authors of a new and fabulous book that is out this month that you're all going to want to get your hands on. We're going to ask Valerie Uh, Because I've messed up the title of this many times. Valerie, what is the title of the
3: book? The title of the book is I Have Been Buried Under Years of Dust. And this is what it looks like.
2: Wonderful. And it's, you know, an amazing book. Back in December, Temple Grandin, before the book was ever out, endorsed the book on this show. So that's a pretty amazing thing. We also want to say that uh, also with Emily is Stephanie Lewis, who is a communication partner for Emily. Uh, which is part of what this entire book is about, uh, that I'm so grateful for this book, Valerie. I have to do a bunch of disclosures first. First of all, I have to say that I have met Valerie and Emily before. Valerie and I are part of a a mom's group together at the Ed Asner Family Center. So I've had the pleasure of meeting her on a couple of different occasions. Um, And I also have to give the disclaimer that the uh, parent company for Autism Live is the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, CARD, which is talked about frequently in the book because CARD was a place, uh, Valerie, that uh, Emily was treated for a while and ultimately was not. Is all of that true?
3: Absolutely. <laughs> yes. There we go. Yes. So Emily I do was- want to give those
2: disclaimers uh, lest, lest people think that I'm not telling them the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Correct. Um, But thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be here on all of those counts. I think that just makes it that much more special to be with both of you. And and in a nutshell, what is is the book about, Valerie?
3: The book is about our journey, really. It's a journey from the time that Emily was first diagnosed to the time of her breakthrough as a remarkable communicator via the written word. And, you know, the background story and the struggles that we had are just really are sort of the hanger on which we place Emily's story in terms of what she's able to do. I mean, it's the vehicle to, to really showcase her because it because her work deserves to be showcased. Um, Absolutely. She was essentially uh, nonverbal. She is still nonverbal limited what they call minimally speaking for most of her life, uh, all of her life. and uh, And then at 25 years of age, we had this extraordinary breakthrough. Uh, which, um, as far as I'm concerned, couldn't have come at a better time. We were struggling hugely, um, as the book details, with all kinds of issues and potential issues, um, a lot of which, you know, have later emerged uh, as issues for the nonverbal uh, community. I mean, I think the example of what happened to the young man at Costco is a pretty good example here in California, uh, which many people know about, is a pretty good example of that. And. You know, there were a lot of fears involved you know about her inability to communicate, and as she got older and bigger and stronger, it would got worse and worse and um it was a big issues so that's really what it is and then when of course, when she started to communicate via typing, what came out was extraordinary, and what we began to learn about her and about her background and about what she understood about her life up till that point and what she'd absor- absorbed her entire life just came in just you know floods torrents of information and um it was remarkable. I mean, it really was, you know, one of her doctors claimed, you know, claimed it was a miracle and honestly it was. So I think that, you know, we wanted to showcase her work, but I also think that, and I, I think that I really also wanted people to know that they shouldn't give up with their kids. I mean, there's not a point at which you say we're done. Um, uh, at least in my world, there's not a place where you say you're done. You know, you keep going because if you can, if you have the stamina and I understand it's, It's very hard. I mean, it it was hard for us um, and it's hard for everyone and it's harder for different people. Some people have more of it in them to keep going than other people do. And but, you know, for me, you know, I saw this light in Emily when she was so young, um, when she was six months old. I mean, the story, you know, about what happened, you know, with the with a car seat in Milwaukee. I mean, that was sort of the beginning of it for me. and And I never let go of who that child was. And always felt there was so much more in her, and um, and kept going. So I really think that it's a story on a many on many levels. I think it's a story of hope and of of hope, you know, as the title suggests. I think it's a story of perseverance. Um, certainly, Emily persevered. You know, Emily kept at it. Emily was willingly went to all the therapies that we subjected her to, uh, even though many of them didn't work. But yet she did not have the ability to tell us this is not what I like. This is not what I'm enjoying. I'm a going anywhere with this. Um, And also, I think it's a real manual in many respects for people who work with individuals or treat individuals with autism about what they need to be looking for, you know, (laughs) and that they should consider alternatives and that they should consider that behind that person who may not be able to be so verbally articulate. There's a lot going on.
2: Absolutely. And just like in the book, there are par- parts of the book where you tell your side of the story, Valerie, and then we get to hear from Emily to hear her side of the story. So we're going to switch over to talking to Emily now and okay. hear a little bit from her and Emily. But you can stay there, uh, Valerie. It's we, we can all be on the screen together. But Valerie, uh, um, Emily, I, I'm so excited to be talking to you because you're quite an accomplished writer. Uh, you write really beautifully, and I think that I'm I'm so excited that people are going to be able to read what you have to say in, in the book. There are times in the book where uh, it shares your poetry, and then there's other times when you just tell your story. And I'm wondering, which do you prefer to write? Do you prefer to write poetry, or do you prefer to write about your life and who you are? It's a big question.
4: It's a good question. <laughs>
0: Never, you ready, my dear? I think it's what I am. Lately, I am learning. It's... it's,
1: Best
0: two right what?
4: And it will read the whole sentence for you
0: i think it's what i am feeling in the moment lately i am learning it's best to write what is in
4: mind Ooh, let so me know if you need me to repeat any of that you guys
2: beautiful absolutely beautiful but for our viewers at home because they want to understand what's happening and we're seeing emily doing something but we can't see quite what she's doing and we see you holding on to her sweater um Stephanie, can you can can we either see or can you describe what's there in front of you?
4: Oh and what sure. And yeah. what em- let, me, let me move the camera so that you guys can see like her iPad and everything.
2: Yeah. So that's what she was typing on. And and what what are you? That's that was spectacular, Emily. That that was awesome. Uh but when you uh, when you're holding on to her sweater, what is what are you doing there,
4: uh,
2: so Stephanie?
4: I'm just holding. So you'll see, I'm holding just on right here to her. Um, and it used to be that that was kind of a cue to let her know, like, hey, it's your turn in the conversation. But now okay. at this point, I wait for her to initiate before Thank I go to give her the support. Cool.
2: Well, uh, Emily, I-, I just loved what you said. And and my next question for you, uh, having you know seen this in the book is I'd like to know if there was any place in the world that you could go, where would you like to go?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I-
0: think mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. would
1: mm-hmm.
0: like to go somewhere Bridge <laughs> in History like Ooh.
1: Greece. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I would like to go somewhere rich in history, like
3: Greece. Good to know. know.
2: Right. Uh, Right. Well, I hope that that's in your future sometime. Uh, And so I uh, what this gesture that Emily that you're making, what is what does that gesture mean? When? uh, Mm And I don't know if it's better for her to answer me or for one of you to answer. Mm -hmm. I see her making that gesture at the screen.
3: I think she can answer, but it's a sensory, it's just a sensory thing. Oh, okay. No, it's just a sensory regulation thing that she does. One of the things that she does, the vocalizations and the sensory stuff, it's all regulators.
2: It's so inspirational to watch you have your voice, Emily. It's so inspirational. And I'm I'm so excited for the world to get to know you and to know your writing because your writing is so beautiful. And I'm wondering um you know one of the things that got talked about in the book was that you wanted to have a friend that you wanted to have friends. Do you have friends now?
1: Right there. I
0: do
1: and I know who I Wand. <laughs> Two.
0: <Beautiful>. Surround. <laughs> myself.
1: <laughs>
0: with. I do, and I know who I want to surround myself with
4: too.
2: That's a very mature attitude. Uh for how old are you now, Emily?
4: How old are you? Twenty-five. <laughs> you can type it if you want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but we heard her say it.
0: There you go. Twenty-nine. <laughs>
2: You're a very accomplished woman for 29. Uh, That's incredible. So, uh, Emily, I know you have a lot of things that you've got to do today, and I don't know how long we want to keep you, but I would love to know, for people who have children who do not yet communicate in the way that you do, do you have any advice for parents what would you like parents who have small kids who are not vocally communicating what would you like for them to
1: know? so old. Ooh, so old. so old. Can't be ready. What's it? tut. Oh, old. Just Don't. Don't. Don. Tea. Get. Stuck. Thinking. That. Speech
0: is the the big goal
1: you
0: find what
1: Works.
0: Just don't get stuck thinking that speech is the big goal. You find what works
3: for you.
2: Spectacular. Amen to that.
3: <laughs>
2: and and of everything you you guys did a lot. You did a lot. Your mom and dad did a lot. Emily, what helped you the most? <laughs> the most <laughs>
1: old. Okay? I think, uh, I think. Honestly
0: When We Went
1: Are oh. Way Was The, the, the Best thing, thing
0: Like My Mom
4: is two look at that speed thank
1: Ooh, so the church, so the team and. community They. make me want yeah. able to. b my
0: Honestly, when we went our own way was the best thing like my mom is to thank for the team and community. They make me able to be my best.
2: Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I I feel like you've had such a team. You've had people around you uh, to help you. And I hear how grateful you are for your mom and your dad. Um, right now in your life, Emily, um, is what helps you right now? Because are uh, what I'm asking 18 questions all at once. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much. It's like, I, yeah, first of all, I'm like, sitting here and I'm crying, Emily, because. Yeah, well, so am. It, I. It's it's so exciting. You're
4: having lots of questions coming in. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, it's so exciting, and it's like I just I just want to know everything, right? And I'm sure that's what that's what your life is like, Valerie. That you like, you know, just want to know absolutely everything, which is why the book is so brilliant. Because a lot of the things that our viewers are thinking, I just want to know this, and I want to know this, Shannon. Why are you not asking this? A lot of those questions will be answered in the book, and I don't want to spoil reading the book for those people. Um, but Emily. I guess I want to know a little bit about what your life is like right now. What what kinds of things are, it's difficult right now because we're still in a little bit of shutdown, but what is, what do you like to do right now?
1: Ooh. Hang a you're doing great
4: job.
1: Yes. <laughs> right. Mm. Now, I'm mm. Very dedicated to school.
0: school. I am the sniffles taking a
1: journalism class I love and Staying
0: busy with right now. I am very dedicated to school. I am taking a journalism class I love and staying busy with that.
2: That's amazing. It, uh, <laughs> i'm I guess I'm wondering if there's ever an opportunity uh at school to do an internship uh we we'd really love to talk to you about having you be an intern <laughs> on autism live emily uh is that something Every
4: that
2: <laughs> is that something that you might be interested in? What
4: do you think
3: It's
2: okay to say no. <laughs>
4: I mean, you need to clean up. She, she looks a little overwhelmed. She's like, "Oh my yeah. god." <laughs> She's saying, red. Well, I don't want to put
2: you on the spot here. We could talk about that another <laughs> so time." She goes,
4: "That was a
3: really uh, cute
1: okay. reaction she just Got to think about it sometimes." <laughs> Wood. Like Two. to two
0: about I would like to hear about it
2: okay that's a that's the perfect politically correct answer mom uh, that is that is the right answer when someone asks you about an internship uh good job emily uh, all right i you know i I know that you have things that you have to do, Emily, and I'm gonna stay and talk to your mom. And you could stay if you want to, or if you have other things to do. What would you like to do? Would you like to stay and and continue to be part of the conversation, or do you need to go?
4: What do you think? Totally up to you. <laughs> Here you go. What do you think? She's weighing her options. Yeah. <laughs>
1: what do you think? I will say. say thank you. Thank you. Much. Hmm. For the the
0: opportunity. I will say thank you so much for the opportunity.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, So she's gonna stay correct.
4: That wasn't a, a super clear. I don't know. Maybe we'll stay for a couple of minutes and, okay. and uh, listen and, and then maybe we can hop off after a couple minutes, but I'll okay so that ladies can chat. Mm-hmm. I,
2: I, I, I sort of love, we're hearing a little bit of uh, Emily's vocalization and it's, it's such a beautiful thing. cadence, sound, uh, you know, I love what I'm hearing. Uh, is this uh, sort of Valerie? Is this sort of par for the course? This is this is what it's this like in the Emily.
3: This is our background noise.
2: It's, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah. One of her doctors mm-hmm. once said that it had a real, it had a real sing-song kind of beat to it. She's a musician, and she said, you know, I could almost play a tune to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's it's uh, yeah. It pretty much endless, though. So you know, sometimes it's. Uh, uh yes it is very melodic yes
2: yes uh, our our producer has said that it's yeah. it's very melodic yes. um and and there is like a, a soothing uh aspect it's at the, i think in one of the places in the book you described it as like a bird cooing um and that's kind of what uh what it feels like for me it's beautiful uh emily do you also sing
4: Sorry, guys. I had I had just asked
2: her a question. Um, oh, okay. I'll, we'll leave I that be.
4: With her. Well, and I
2: said I was going to talk to mom, me. but I go back to asking Emily questions because before it's our our like you time. can't you can't get enough of it, Valerie.
4: It's, we, we're we're still here, so if you have a question, please. please, I, please, please, please.
1: I want Emily. Do you
2: sing? I. Six. six,
1: six, six. Think. i
0: surprised.
1: surprised.
0: Everyone.
1: Recently. That's a
0: what? A I That's a... sign <laughs> M. A. microphone not <laughs> well <laughs> but i think i surprised everyone re- there you go you hit the phone yeah but Ooh.
1: i <laughs> did
0: <laughs> i think i surprised everyone recently when i sang in a microphone not well but i did it
2: That's amazing, that is amazing. How exciting. Uh, Okay, so uh, I'm gonna go back to talking to your mom for a second here. We need people to understand that this is relatively new in her life, that across her 29 years, this was something that wasn't happening for the vast majority of those years, Valerie. And that part of the reason why this book is so important and that people need to hear this story is that, uh, you know, when she was, this, this only started happening when she was 25, correct?
3: Just prior, two months prior to her 25th birthday. Yes. Okay.
2: And in all the 24 years before your ability to communicate her with her was greatly diminished. So is that an appropriate term?
3: Yeah. I mean, we, we developed our own ways of communicating and understanding, but certainly not you know, for the necessities, you know, for daily living, um, for wants and needs, but um, not for sort of the more refined and, and, if you will, the aesthetic components of life. I mean, what she wanted to do with her life, where she, what her personal dreams were, what she, um, you know, preferences. I mean, preferences uh, about, even about mundane things were usually met with a behavioral response, uh, which was the whole issue here is that, you know, not liking something could result in very um, difficult responses that were not acceptable to anybody um, as detailed in the book and so but we in the, in our house you know we had challenges in the house too i mean i'm you know I, I it's all spilled out you know it's all you know very clear um but we had we had a life you know i mean we really we we did what we had to do you know we com- were committed to her we got by we okay. Fulfilled fulfilled basic needs and many other needs, but there was just so much that complexity, the understanding of what she, you know, her perception of the world, which is so amazing. You know, all this stuff that I didn't know she was taking, I mean, she was taking things in, but I didn't know the degree to which she was taking things in or what her take was on everything, even school. I mean, you know, with school, you know, we we had her mostly fully included. I mean, she was a fully included student. But the methods that they had to test what she knew were very limited. So um, it, it got better. And actually, interestingly, it got better in high school. But in elementary school, you know, they were using sort of alternative forms. Yes, no, short things and never subjecting any standardized tests. And then when she goes over and she takes a test for entrance at Santa Monica College, she just like nails it. And it's like she was taking all that in it just there was no measure of it and that was the problem you know it was those metrics that inability to actually you know put her into a box and say yes she could do this so the assumption what happens is that it there's nothing there the assumption becomes there's nothing there because they they the school district doesn't know how to measure it they don't know how to measure it and so Uh, so i think even
2: worse and not to interrupt you, but I think even worse is that the world doesn't get to hear, you know, she's taking that information in, but we don't get to hear how it gets filtered through her, her exactly. opinion of it, her how she views it, how she's, you know, And and here's the thing is that I think anybody reading the book and reading what she says and her poetry will feel richer for having read it. And for the world to have been cheated of that, not, not even just Emily. I mean, let's talk about how much Emily would have been cheated of the joy of being able to communicate what she wanted to cheat. But it also was cheating all of us from knowing what Emily's view, viewpoint is on anything. And it makes, it begs the question, how many more individuals in the world right now have this rich inner life that we haven't been able to discover? Um, and I know that there are a lot of parents, even in the last week, Valerie. I was talking to a mom of a daughter who's younger and does not yet have uh the ability to communicate on any level, truly. And and the mom is, you know, was saying, I just I just wanna I want some hope. I want some hope. And I was thrilled to tell her. Obviously, there are a couple of other stories like this that are very very much in the public eye, people that later on was revealed that, there were, that they had a method of communicating and that there was a full, rich opinion and life and inner life that was going on that was quite brilliant. But I was thrilled to tell her about your book that it's coming out and uh, and she was so excited. It gave her hope to know that this was a possibility. Um, so I appreciate that you guys are telling your story. You even talk about in the book, being a little bit concerned about being out there that when this happened, and, and, I, and I don't want to give away big things in the book because I want people to to get it. And and we should say it's available on Amazon and all major booksellers. Um, at the time that we're doing this interview, uh, it's, it's about to be available, but by the time you guys see this, it's available now. You should get it. Um, As I said, Temple Grandin endorsed it and talked about how clear it is that this truly is Emily communicating. And she was saying there's a lot of criticism out there saying that sometimes these books aren't actually written by, and these things that people say are written by individuals on the spectrum aren't. But Temple said she was convinced and we've just seen it. If there's anybody who who can't see that that's Emily communicating, I don't know what to do for them, but for you, you were poised in this place. You have this beautiful gift. You find out at, at almost 25 years old that your daughter has, can communicate in this way. But I, I imagine that it was a little bit of a decision to side to go public with this because you know it's gonna create a firestorm of people having opinions about this. What made you push through that, Valerie, and decide we've got to tell the story?
3: Well, because it, pe- the haters are gonna hate, you know, there's gonna be people that take their position no matter what, um, and that should not silence a beautiful voice, you know, it just shouldn't. And this story is an important one for many, many people, and I thought it needed to be told, and I th- thought Emily is such a great representation because, you know, she really does defy the allegations, the cha- the challenges people have to FC <clears throat> that it's not legitimate. I mean, you saw it, this is such a perfect example. There's no hand over hand here, and there never was. You know all the things that are criti- the people are criticizing. You know nobody really knows why. You know this. You know why this works necessarily, but that's not who cares. You know the fact is that yeah. it does work, and it works for so many people. So the story had to be told. Let the people hate who hate. And Emily, Emily said something very funny. I said to her, "Well, how are you going to feel if people have come out with negative comments?" And she said, "Well, I don't know them, so I really don't care." <laughs> <laughs>
2: And isn't that the way to look at it?
3: Yeah. It's like, hate, you know, because I think that for every person that hates, there's going to be 10 people that are going to go, oh, my God, this is amazing. And we're so glad to know about this. And yes, if this can help my child or help me with another child or maybe even convince Asha that they should not have the position that they have, then great. Then we've done our work. I just think there's so much here. I mean, I, I in my opinion, this book, like I said at the beginning of, the, of this um of our discussion is that I think there's something there for everybody from, you know, therapists, to educators, to to um, physicians, to the general public. And in fact, you know, she's this has really been very applauded by people who work with Emily, because people, there were behaviorists in school who work with Emily who know, now know what she's doing, and they're just beyond thrilled. And, you know, this really does run counter to what, you know, BCBA even, you know, behaviorists don't really, you know, accept this as a methodology. In fact, when we were trying to engage some uh, behaviorists at an agency that was providing some social interaction uh, opportunities for her, they said, we can't do this because our license will be suspended or, or taken away um, if we uh, work with Emily doing any kind of facilitated communication. So, so, so. That it. makes me a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> so that makes it. me a little I mean, crazy. I, I mean, yeah let's serve the person, not ourselves, you know? I mean, this is the whole yeah. thing. I mean, you know, there's just so many people out there that need, that need to communicate okay. and they should be communicating and communication is the key. I mean, I love, I love the, for, the, the dedication that Emily wrote, you know, it's such a beautiful dedication yeah. that I hope everybody will look at because, you know, it's, it truly is that we need to get people talking, we need to get people communicating. I mean, this has changed her world. This changed her world. I mean, Emily has taken seven courses in lock- college courses in lockdown and gotten A's in all of them. She has developed friendships. You know, she is in a journalism class doing phenomenally well. we'll probably, that will probably now be her career. And none of this would have happened. None of this would have happened without this ability. So I say go for it. If people hate, let them hate. But for all those people mm-hmm. that it's successful for, it changes their life. There we go and what and t- for people who haven't read the book yet,
2: what are you calling this method of communication
3: for her it's well it's it's a you know it's a form of augmentative AAC augmentative alternative communication, but it's this is facilitated communication. She has a facilitator I mean there's a whole lot of other methods that are used out there. People use um, letterboards where somebody scribes for them, so they type on a letterboard and then but this is everything Emily has ever written. Is maintained in written form, which is my to me a really preferred method than having somebody scribe because they don't have a record of what she, she wrote. So, we you know that that's a big difference, I think. But there's also other methods too.
2: But I think you know, one of the mysteries about this, and you write about this in the book that, um, that you have tried to be her uh communication partner before with not as much success, right? And that, that like that's one of the reasons why people go, Oh, well then if it can't happen with this person, it can only happen with this person. But I love your description and Emily's description in the book of why it's harder if you're doing it with your parents. I just sat here and watched her communicate and I had all these emotions going on. You know, I started to cry. As she was starting to write, I started to fill in blanks as she was starting to write of what I thought she was saying. And then it ended up being something else. I can't imagine what it's like for you, Valerie, the emotion that you must feel when she's writing. And Emily has said in the book that it's like gets in the way of her communicating because she's picking up on your emotion. Is that
0: accurate?
3: Yeah. I mean, she, she has still has challenges typing with me and with her dad, um, you know it's it with everybody else i mean we have people who walked in here and who have been in with her for you know you know two two weeks and they've been able to type with her i mean so i mean she's typed with us you know we talk about the screenwriter that she typed with nick and she typed with i mean she's probably typed with 10 to 15 different people but the resistance is with us and i think it is that emotional connection and typically what happens is that I see her work after she's typed it. I mean, these incredible poems that just, you know, roll off her fingers and the work that she does. And I mean, she, you know, the, the essay she writes, I mean, she just wrote a beautiful piece on climate change for her journalism class, a, a research, the research paper. Um, you know, I mean, there's just, it, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's become endless. I mean, initially it was like, what was going on? We were like, you know, so flabbergasted was what was happening at the beginning. Now we're kind of, we're kind of like still impressed,
4: but it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> what's she going to write today? <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I think hey, Emily you guys, say- I think if it's okay with you ladies, I think we're going to hop off. Is that cool? Sure.
2: That's so cool. Emily, oh, thank you me. so much. It was lovely to get to sit and continue to watch you guys work. Please consider the internship. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk. All right, ladies. <laughs> Our people will call your people. Bye, Emily. Thank you so Bye much. Guys. Bye-bye. Uh, what a lovely young woman she is, Valerie. Thank you. Thank you. What a lovely young woman she is. Uh, okay, so uh, I'll be honest with you. When we, uh, we we said that we wanted to pre-tape this because we weren't 100% sure about how how it was going to go and how much time it was going to yes. take. And we, you know, the idea was that we would, you know, we thought, because we've had folks on before who use AAC devices and we thought we would need to edit down because it takes more time. I don't want to edit anything out of this because I love seeing the time that it takes. It, what it reminded me is that we all need to slow down a little bit. I don't know what it's like for you guys when she, I would think that, I would think it's so worth it that it's, but that you're willing to slow down, but is it hard sometimes? Is it like do you sometimes get impatient and want to know the whole thought right now?
3: Well, well, let me say this. I think the interesting thing about Emily, which I think really speaks to this incredible intelligence that she has, is that if you noticed she was processing the question before yes. she responded. Yes. And how many of us, how many of us do not process the question before we speak verbally? And, and I think that's, you know, when Emily responds, she's giving you a really good answer. You know, she's thought about it. I think her brain is going pretty quickly because she has to take the information in, think about what she's going to say about it and then, and then output it. The, the, process, the slow processes might be the typing because she's doing it with like one yeah. finger. But her brain is actually thinking, I think, relatively quickly. And I do yeah. love the fact that she thinks about something before she answers because most of us do not.
2: Yeah. Oh, please guilty and, as charged.
3: Yeah. And so um, I do like that. And so is it slow? No, but it's worth the wait. I mean, maybe it's a little bit slower. I mean, we, you know, we're so zippy in our society and it's made, yes. it's been made much worse by, you know, technology, which thank goodness for technology, but on the one hand, but it's really kind of made us a little, all a little crazy and feeling like we have to do things instantaneously, which is not the way it is for her. So we've gotten used to it and it's always worth the wait. Um, so yeah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't uh, bother us at all. Um, we love, we love, we we look forward to her responses. We know we're going to get a great answer from her. We're going to get an honest answer from her, and we're going to get a thoughtful answer from her.
2: And I guess because we're now we're running out of time, if we're not going to edit within, but <laughs> I I guess I want to know from you about. I want people to read the book. I think that they need to read the book. People need to own the book. Um, but I want to know from you, Valerie, two things. How is your life different today than you thought it was going to be when she was 22? Oh,
3: wow, I haven't asked that question. Um, I don't know. I don't, I think that in many respects, um, my personal, I mean, my life, in terms of my personal situation um, with her and with my husband, I I don't know that it's changed that much in terms of the physical aspects of it. You know, I mean, you know, at 22, she was living someplace else. I mean, she was living elsewhere. Uh, and because of what's detailed in the book, she had to come home. Um, I think that um, one thing I will say is that this whole process has made us closer than she was when she was 22, because I know so much more about her than I did when she was 22. So, but in terms of my level of commitment to her, it's still there. I mean, it's still the same level of commitment. Um, You know, she's still living with us, um, partially because of the pandemic situation and partially because now, you know, we have a whole new consideration of how she could live uh, and the environment that she would uh, be able to uh, really thrive in, um, yeah. which is going to, which is a whole other situation. You know, we now know that we're getting closer to defining the best way for her to live um, apart from us. Uh, yeah. When and if, when if she wants to do that. So far, she's expressed very little interest in living any place but with us, which is fine. Um, but. Yeah. I mean, I think that I don't know that things have changed that much. It's just that I know my daughter better and I'm having a whole lot of more fun with her than I had before because um, she's lightened up. She's so much more confident and she's so much happier. Um, I mean, we have what she didn't share with you is we have a whole routine mean, we we she hikes every day uh, with with a friend of hers. You know, she goes off with a friend. She has dinner with friends you know, she has an exercise routine that we do every single morning. You know, we cook together, we bake together. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that makes her life so incredibly full and complete um, living with us. So, and that's all changed. You know, I mean, I I think that th- that's one thing I sort of, you know, I, I sort of want to say, if I could, just one quick thing about raising a child with autism. I mean, you know that, you know, you've got to give our, we've got to give our kids self-esteem and confidence. And I think that that is one of the things that we always did for Emily, you know, we always gave her ways to shine and ways to feel good about herself, even though she wasn't verbal. And I think that you lay a foundation for your ch- child. You never, you don't, you know, the criticism has to be at a, a very minimum, you know, it's more alternatives and support and showing them ways maybe to do better with something. But if the criticism is something t- the people need to lay off because you know, I think that that helped Emily an- enormously. In addition, of course, to all of the, the reading and the exposure to, to the world. I, you know, I know this wasn't a question you asked, but I just sort of want to throw it out there because I think that these things are which build confidence and a, um, an interest in being part of the world and going out into the world, all of which she now, you know, demonstrates with great confidence and, and pride. So, um, you know, she's, she's, well, not afraid to put her, and I think that's one of the reasons that she's not afraid to put herself out there is because she feels good about herself. Yeah. Well,
2: my last question was going to be, I mean, you know, it's very clear in the book that you were not going to give up like that is just not in you. You were not going to give up and you kept looking and trying and looking and trying, but for those parents that are out there right now and who need to hear your message of hope, You know, what advice do you have, which is partially what you just said, but maybe elaborate on what what do you want to say to, you know, the mom of a six year old who is nonverbal and, you know, that people are telling them, uh, you know, this is what your life is going to look like. What do you what do you want to say?
3: Well, I think you have to know your child. I think you have to have a sense of who your own child is. And only a, a parent really can know that. A mother can know that. I mean, I think you um, you you take your cues from your child. In my case, you know, I knew, who, I, I believed who I had, you know, based on the bright light that I saw as a very young child. Um, but I can't, so I can't speak for everyone, but I think that it, whatever you see in your child, let your child kind of be your guide. I will say that Temple Grandin gave, Said to me something very interesting when I spoke with her, and she said, "You know, if your child, if a, if a child isn't speaking by the time they're six, put an iPad in their hand," which I think is a really good thing to tell people. Um, at some point, people have to go with their gut and walk away from some therapies that just don't don't seem to be working. Um, as I said in the book, the screaming for certain services Emily was having were not working for her, and we needed to move past that. You know. Um, I think that you try things. You bump into, you know, you bump into, you bump into a wall. You turn left. You turn right. You keep. You figure out another way to go, uh, but you don't give up. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing I would say is just don't give up. Uh, do what you can to the best of your ability. Seek as many opportunities and supports and services from your school district. Um, put into it what you can um, financially, if that's if you're able. I mean, it's you know these are all expensive, expensive therapies that are out there, and just um, keep your head up and keep going and go with your gut. You know, mostly go with your gut. I mean, if something isn't working, try something else. Do you have any regrets? The only regret I have is that when I introduced the, um, I knew about FC. Uh, when Emily was very young, Uh, but um, I was very skeptical. I mean, the whole thing was so, seemed like, so mystical to me. So I regret that when she was about 13, she was working with a speech therapist and we looked into FC. We actually went out to, uh, to meet with Darlene Hansen Um, But there was somebody else there that day that we went, and um, it didn't work. And so it was such a far distance to go that I kind of abandoned it. So I'm a little sorry that we didn't go back to it earlier. But I think, you know, I give myself a little bit of a break on that because I think that Emily was ready when Emily was ready. And I think that that is the way it is with everybody. We all are ready to do things when we're ready to do them. And I'm not so sure that any amount of pushing would have change that in fact she had all those more more of those years to sort of you know be a, a bystander see the world take it in get her in collect her information and then let us know what she had to say yeah, so that's it, really might really have funny. frustrated but her other then than, other than that i feel like we did absolutely everything that we could have done for her i mean we loved her you know to the end of the world and you know and did what we could took her everywhere exposed her to everything um really did ignore, uh, there were, there were doctors who basically told me she will never, ever, ever, ever have anything to say and never communicate. And I got up and just, you know, I would just walk out, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, there were so many instances, I mean, it's reported in the book, the instances where I just get up and walk out, you know, if the doctor says something, I don't, want, I just get up and walk out, you know, just like send me your <laughs> bill. It's like, I was just like <laughs> you know, you got good at it. And I have to tell—I have to tell you—I had it with the regional center too. I mean, I yeah. actually said to the regional center, "How dare you say that to me? How dare you say that to me?" So I'm—you know—I'm—I'm I'm, uh, a born fighter.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you perfected it.
3: <laughs>
2: uh and i and we're out of time but i really again want to encourage people get the book can you hold it up again for them to see oh, yes. so they recognize the cover Yes. uh there it is uh, i have been buried under years of dust and uh we'll let them figure out whose voice that is uh <laughs> whether that's yours or Emily's, we'll let them figure that out. They got to get the book to do it. It's available on Amazon and through all major booksellers and it is available now. Uh, So you guys should get the book. It is the perfect, uh, you know, spring break read and a perfect book to get as a gift to give to somebody that you know is struggling and that wants to get hope. And I also want to say that in it you talk about uh very distinctly about autism and about some very different points of view about autism and whether it should be called a psychological disorder that you think that it should not be called a psychological disorder. Um and and have some really interesting Uh, viewpoints after talking to a lot of doctors about uh, what might be the core of autism. I think I'm going to leave that as a surprise for people that they they should get the book and read what you have to say about it because I think it's a very interesting take on things. Any parting comment that you want to give for people about why they should get this book?
3: Well, all I can say is that I really hope that you will get the book and read the book and that it will change your life. Or change the life of somebody that you love, uh, or somebody that you work with. And I think
2: that it will. Have you? You can you turn to page two hundred one on the book. Would you be willing to, as we leave, uh, read there? There's a, a comment that Emily makes about what she wants people to know about um, folks on the autism spectrum. Do you see it on page two hundred one?
3: Something something I need you to hear is this. Yes. I am autistic, not brain dead. Please never again underestimate people like me. We make noises and do peculiar things with our bodies. That is undeniable. However, our greatest affliction is that the world sees us as incapable of anything else. Make me proud to be part of this world by helping me eradicate the misconceptions. Please know that I am thankful for each one of you and that you have taken the time to hear my words. So what's, so interesting, what's about interesting about this, about if, I this may, if I may it's that, yeah. is, that, is, that, is Emily, that Emily, these were some of the first words that Emily ever wrote. Um, these words were written and then posted um, on uh, Facebook right before Thanksgiving of 2016. And she had only been typing since, um, since August 6th. So these were really early words.
2: And so powerful, so powerful. Words to change the world. There we go. Valerie, thank you for your bravery in telling this story. Thank you for being such an amazing mom and thank you for sharing Emily with us. Please give her our love and thank you for being here with us today.
3: Thank you, Shannon. I really appreciate this opportunity.
2: Thanks for watching Autism Live. If you found anything helpful in this video, please give us a like. In fact, make sure that you smash that subscribe button on YouTube and give us a like on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram for important updates. And please download our free podcast wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye bye for now.